Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. What's happening, everybody? Happy Sunday. Fighter's Fury here with you. It is nasty out. It has been a nasty couple of weeks of weather here. It feels like hurricane season's gotten here early, man. What is this? What is this craziness that is happening? And Antoine on the way down here, he's like, we got a, we got a tornado warning. And I know it's serious if he's breaking into ESPN coverage. Solid job by you, though, Antoine. I think I think the, the meteorology report, that's got to be a thing now, man. That was that was that was aces. That was fantastic. But it was, man. Like that's scary. When you get on when you get on the road, you're just like yeah, guess what? Tornado warning. And I'm on I'm on my way down to Miami. Just like, huh. Well, let's just see how this goes. Hopefully there's no cows flying around. Does anybody even get the Twister uh the Twister reference? Because that is an old ass movie, man. That's like 20 plus years old now. Anywho, we got ourselves a fight day. This is a rare fighter's fury, because we have a fight day today. And it's actually a fight day. This isn't like we gotta wait all night because over there in Liverpool, go Flight call there going on there, love with uh, Darren Till versus Wonder Boy Thompson. Although you know he's Wonder Boy, he's ten years older than Darren Till, so it's a little bit of a weird nickname. However, this was not dealt without a little bit of drama, and this has become a very frustrating thing as a fight fan because you you can't get excited for any mixed martial arts card anymore without seriously tuning into the weigh-ins, and seemingly. It's always involving either the main event or the co-main event. It's always a big a big fight that is having the issues making weight. And this really, I thought, came to the biggest point when, of course, we lost Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. But, you know, they've gone to these early weigh-ins now, and this was a fantastic statistic put out by Mike Bond of MMA Junkie. We're coming up on the two-year anniversary of the UFC early weigh-in. And this comes from, from Mike's uh, research. In the two years leading up to that point, just 22 instances of fighters missing weight for their UFC fights. Now, cutting weight has been a huge, huge issue for a long time. And I think it's one of those things where, as fight fans, it's tough to relate to because unless you've sat there and actually sucked out water, dehydrated yourself to get ready for competition, it's a tough thing to relate to. We think, oh, it should be easy. It's a very hard thing to do. And it's a, it's, a, it's a crappy part of the sport, and it, it, it seemingly doesn't have a, a perfect solution. You know, people have thrown up different weight classes, um, changed the weigh-in time. This was supposed to be the big thing. The early weigh-in was supposed to give fighters more time to recover. But check this out. Bond's tweet continues. In the two years since the early weigh-ins have began, nearly triple, 62 fighters have missed weight for their UFC bouts. He goes on to say they have a 26-19 and 19 record of the group to miss, 
15 fights didn't go on for various reasons. Till has not fought uh, yet, obviously. That's going on tonight or later today. So I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, uh, a, a nutritionist. I don't got any of that expertise background. But these are the facts if we're just looking at two timelines together. Since they've gone to this method, it has failed three times. It has been three times as likely that you are going to fail to make weight for a UFC fighter. It's not to add excuses. It's not to give more reasons. But it does seem to show this ain't working. Whatever research was put into this, whatever method that they thought this was going, it's not. It's not working out. And I've heard, you know, we've heard fighters talk about this, that one of the dangers of it is because you have to start dehydrating the night before. And then you're going to sleep or trying to basically sleep going in with a weigh-in in the morning. It's just, it, there's a, there's, it feels like there's a lot more room for error because part of the time is you got to sleep through this or try to. Um, and also being dehydrated and sleeping, not ideal. But there does seem to be, after two years of this, there has to be a change there. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just go back to the old method which seemingly was working fine. Um, but this this is not good. Th- this this method that they're doing right now is not good enough. And just going back to the old method seemingly would solve a lot. Now, I, there also seems to be a, a generational thing because here is what is frustrating. So Darren Till misses weight for today's fight. And he misses it by a good amount. He misses it by four pounds. We're just coming off a couple of weeks ago where Mackenzie Dern basically urinated all over the scale and missed weight by seven pounds, basically missed it by a whole weight class, uh, which is just a couple weeks removed of Kevin Lee missing weight for his fight and missing it by a pound, but has now had two fights in a row where he struggled to make weight. So there's a couple of things here that's concerning as a fight fan. Um, one is that this is happening to young fighters. These These are supposed to be the next wave these are supposed to be the 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 fighters that are are are, are taking the torch and are supposed to be the next faces of ufc kevin lee definitely has championship potential darren till definitely has championship potential mackenzie dern definitely talent wise has championship potential these are these are the future faces of the ufc and they aren't making weight they're not they're not making weight some of them aren't close to making weight and i know darren till has some family stuff that apparently caused him i get it but even still it's a pretty blatant whiff on making weight that day and this is concerning this is concerning that the guys who have been in the sport for a long time the guys who are in their 30s the guys who are 33 34 they can seemingly do it no matter the method no matter the time they show up they make weight and the young folks in the fight game aren't they're not they're not they're not professionally doing what they contractually agreed to do, which is show up to this 170 limit, 115 limit, 155 limit. And also, a lot of these guys are seemingly at the forefront of one and two, have different divisions, have, you know, a 165, a 195, a, one, a 225. And I'm not saying that having multiple weight divisions isn't, a good thing maybe it would be a good thing and you'd have guys in a healthier range and that's probably why in boxing it's so rare for guys to miss weight but it's also a culture thing I think in boxing it's just less known of you know in talking to boxers and mixed martial artists 
this idea of missing, uh, of, of trying to suck out 30 pounds of weight the week of a fight just doesn't happen in boxing. You know, in boxing, they are cutting, 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 cutting to get to that point of trying to make weight by five pounds on fight day. I mean, you're hearing things of guys like wanting to cut 15, maybe 20 pounds in the 20 hour, in the 24 hours before they got to step on a scale. Just crazy. It's crazy amount to game the system. And if you add more weight classes, would it put guys more, maybe in more of a natural pocket? Maybe, but maybe it'll just give them more of a chance to reach or give them more opportunities or give them maybe a bigger comfort window to get into. So you look at Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks has missed weight at welterweight. He's missed weight at middleweight. You know, if you just give them that extra wiggle room, they're just going to take more to feel like they're, they'll go to their old methods. They'll just gain more weight. Um, But the reason this is disappointing from Darren Till's standpoint is this guy has gone from virtually unknown to having one of the biggest hype trains behind him for UFC fans. And you step into this fight today with Wonder Boy, and you're ta- basically taking on the number one contender. And so a win against Wonder Boy is, if it's not going to put you next in line for the title, it's definitely putting you into the batch. But here's the problem, and we talked about this a little bit with Kevin Lee. If you have all these contenders, you have a Hafiel Dos Santos, a Colby Covington, a Kamara Usman, and a Darren Till, how is it fair in a division with all these contenders that the guy who misses weight gets to take the biggest leap. How are there no ramifications for that? How is there not a showing up of the fighter that he has to prove not only just one time, but multiple times that he's not going to bleep you on fight night? Because this isn't just a case of the advantage that he's going to get. If he doesn't make weight, championship fight is basically off. And I'm, You know, I can tell you as a fan, you lose something a lot as the viewer when only it's only on the line for one guy. The fight, if the guy can't really lose his title. And how bad is that? What if he were to show up for a fight against Tyron Woodley and he was four pounds overweight? So that Tyron's got to go in there. It's a potential that he loses to a guy who is way bigger than him. Now you have the championship champion with a loss on his record, but he doesn't lose the belt. Sucks, man. Doesn't have a great result. So, I think a couple things. I think the UFC needs to go back to the old method. This new method sucks. It doesn't work. There's The numbers are right there. Three times more is likely to have a fighter miss weight with these early weigh-ins than it has been in the past with the old method. Second thing that needs to happen is they need to get a better penal system for guys who miss weight because 20%, 30% doesn't seem like enough. Doesn't seem like enough enough for guys to sway. For example, so Darren Till, he is a guy in the in the past who has said should be illegal for me to be fighting at welterweight. Illegal. He's boasted about this. Should be illegal for me to be at welterweight for the amount of weight that I'm putting on. But I do it legally and I do it without cheating. So he hasn't done that. Now he missed weight twice. And he comes out after missing weight this time. Says there's a family emergency. He won't reveal what happened. Um, but I hope everybody's okay, but it is what it is. I can only just go off of what the scale option is right now. And this is happening in his hometown. This is 
supposed to be his this is almost a a, a McGregor-esque build for Darren Till. You know, they they are this was a big thing for McGregor where he got his win on the undercard, then he got to showcase his own fight in his hometown. Um and, and you know, packed out that little arena in Ireland of of 9,000 people. Another first round knockout. It was a huge rise. It was a huge moment for Conor McGregor. And Darren Till's got this today and he had a couple stipulations that he had to meet. Stephen Thompson wouldn't allow him to fight unless he is 188 before heading to the arena. Thankfully, he was able to meet that stipulation. Oh, was, he was very, very skeptical that he was going to be able to do that. But he said uh, he, he waited today. Helwani got the, uh, the scale number where he was 187.3. So the fight's on. But if he goes out there today and he annihilates Stephen Thompson, say he just roughshods him, puts, put, just runs right through him, what are going to be the ramifications for Darren Till? Because for Kevin Lee, there really wasn't any. And for Mackenzie Dern, went up in the rankings this week. There really wasn't any. So there has to be something in the mind of you have to th- – there has to be a couple things. I think there has to be for a fighter to fight for the belt. I think he needs to make two fights in a row where he makes weight. I don't think you can have fights where a guy is missing weight and then gets to fight for the next time. And I know it's not perfect. Khabib's gotten to do this. Yoel's gotten to do this. And I know that there's been bad circumstances. I know that Yoel, he took his fight on a very short notice and had to get himself way down to fight Luke Rockle. But I think Yoel is also benefiting from the fact that middleweight is not the most packed division so who else are they going to go with? You just knocked out the only real option to fight for the belt there. And with Khabib, you know, Khabib's benefited from Connor being away, Tony getting injured. Who else do they go with? That's, that's where they're left at right now, 155. But right now, we're looking at um, a division in lightweight where it's Kevin Lee, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier. For me, Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, those two fighting, they got to get they got to get first licks at the belt because Kevin Lee's got to prove he can make weight. He's now two fights in a row where he hasn't shown that he can make weight. For Darren Till, he's got a gauntlet in front of him as far as guys. RDA, Colby, Kamara Usman, all guys who have made weight. To me, Darren Till's got to wait. He's got to wait. He's got to show again that he can make weight after this. So, I think just there has to be they have to go back to the old method. Bigger penalties, and there has to be some kind of a waiting period. If a guy can't beat the scales, there has to be some kind of a waiting period until that guy's able to get a title shot again. Has to be. Has to be. Because in all likelihood, let's just say there was no interim title. Let's just say RDA versus Colby wasn't for an interim belt. And Woodley came out this week, says he wants to return for UFC 227. It's a hard argument. If, if, if Till was to make weight today and he beats Wonderboy, it's a, it's a tough argument to say he's not going to get the title shot. He just beat the number one guy in the world. But now that you have the, the stipulation that he's overweight, he didn't make championship weight. He didn't make the grace of an extra pound for a non-title fight. He is three and a half pounds over, man. It's a guy who's boasting left and right that it should be illegal that he's in this division. Well, he's got to show something. He's got to show something before he gets an opportunity to fight for the gold belt. I'm sorry. It's not that I'm not going to enjoy watching Darren Till fight. 
And I'm looking forward to today's match. I'm glad that it's still on. But if he wins today, and he and he's awesome, and he, he was another highlight reel, and he beats another really, really established veteran, is anything going to happen as far as repercussions are concerned? Like, is there is there going to be any follow-up? Because for Kevin Lee, moved up in the rankings. Not really. Nobody really asked him about it. Nobody nobody thought about it. Mackenzie Dern, moved up in the rankings. Eh, did a little apology. Sorry. All right. But what about the opponent who got the system gamed against him? It's not cool, man. It's, not, it's, it's getting to a point where it's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous that it keeps happening with the most important fights it keeps happening with the guys in the younger who are on the younger side of their careers who should be bouncing back from this stuff easier than the vets and it seems to a lot of people like it's an investment oh, okay i'll give up 30% of my purse because i know what the riches are down the road so yeah so i lose 30% of my purse but then i get to fight for a title fight the next fight so my fight purse is going to probably be tripled what it was just it eventually is going to turn fans off to the point where, um, I think I think they're just gonna I think they're gonna get turned off by this. I really do. And I thought a lot of that occurred this week, where you could see that the bubble was starting to go because we're talking three cards in a row now, where the main event or the co-main event has been affected by the scales. And yeah, there's a little purse that they, there's a little slice that they gotta give off to their opponent, but they go out there and win. The record shows. 7 over 500 since this has occurred. 62 fighters since they've gone to the early weigh-ins. A lot of fixing that has to happen with the UFC. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin here with you. Fighters Fury rolls on on this Sunday morning. Got UFC Liverpool coming up at 11 o'clock. Prelims on Fox Sports 1. Main card starts at 1 o'clock if you want some afternoon, morning and afternoon fight viewing from across the pond. I want to get this uh, note out there before uh, we move on with the show. Uh, Nick Diaz, this this news came out on Friday. Nick Diaz was arrested for assault and domestic violence. Um, The victim claimed that she had a broken hip, and police say that she was strangled unconscious. Diaz was... Uh, taken away after reportedly fighting with police. They sent 12 cars, according to multiple reports from uh, Front Row Brian and uh, MMA Junkie. Um, so he is out now. He's out on bail, out of jail. Uh, business uh, Nick Diaz's business manager is claiming that this is all a, a setup from a obsessed stalker ex-girlfriend. And Diaz was posting some weird video yesterday. He was on Instagram Live or Instagram Story where he's just posting video. He's this really, really swolled up, busted up elbow. Uh, wasn't saying anything to the camera, but um, we will uh, we'll, we'll follow that story and see where it goes from here. But that's obviously some scary details that came out, very disturbing details that came out. Um, and so we'll see where this leads. We'll see where this leads. The UFC put out a, a statement where they, uh, they say they don't tolerate domestic violence and that they will... Uh, let the proceedings play out and see where this goes. Uh, Diaz hasn't fought in a while. He's been inactive and uh, has dealt with a bunch of stuff as far as a USADA suspension and uh, USADA suspension for marijuana that was ridiculous and then a suspension for uh, not knowing his whereabouts. Uh, but this is uh, this is kind of a next-level thing for Nick Diaz. So 
We'll see what the the fallout from that is, as uh, as far as Nick is concerned. Um, seamlessly transitioning over to Bellator. We had Bellator 200 this past Friday uh, on Spike TV. I don't know why Spike doesn't do. Well, it's not Spike. It's Paramount. Well, I don't know why Paramount doesn't do what the UFC is doing today, where they show it live. Um, they, you know, they're doing it over in London and they play it all on tape delay. Which is uh, which is strange to me in this day and age, putting stuff on tape delay. But I was able to avoid spoilers for the whole time, so that was kind of cool. I was able to blow through this card, but didn't have any uh, didn't have any idea. Didn't know about the the Phil Davis head kick where he came out and he beat Vassell with uh, with a nasty head kick KO in the third round. Very very impressive win by Phil, and didn't have any of the Michael Venom Page fight spoiled for me, which I was. That was for me. That was the biggest show. I think. I think MVP. You look at Bellator, and right now with Bellator, the big thing is people know they got the old guys that are coming over and fighting for them. The Fedors, the Frank Mears, the Tito's. Thankfully, not the Chuck Liddell's, but that fight looks like it's going to happen. But but they're known for ha- Frank Shamrock, Hoist Gracie, uh, Kimbo. They, they, they have the it's it's become a bit of a legends league for them and I get it it's kind of you know look look over here just check us out you got some names that you remember but this is the one thing that I think is different with Bellator I do think they have a lot of genuinely very talented young guys that are exciting to watch really really exciting I mean you're talking about MVP who's not even that young like when, when they brought up the tail of the tape yesterday and they told me that that MVP was older than David Rickles I was stunned. I was like, really? I feel like I've watched David Rickles forever, and I can't believe that he's not 30 yet and that MVP's older than him. But 30's still not old. 30 is is still a young fighter. I think think from 30 to 34 is actually a good prime window for a mixed martial artist. But MVP was out there against David Rickles, and he's, I think, one of their showcase guys. I think they got Aaron Pico, who's definitely on the rise after a rocky start. He he has proven um, that he is not all hype. And he's been a bit of the body snatcher, which is kind of cool. You don't see that. It's it's kind of his thing. Um, AJ McKee, uh, they obviously got Rory, who is who is one of the best fighters on the planet. And and I, I really think I think that if if Kimbo Slice Jr. continues to flourish the way he is, I think they got something there because obviously there's a huge name value there. And also, you know, he doesn't fight like his father, so. I think that's an interesting thing too, where, you know, people will tune in for the name, but I think it's kind of cool to see this next evolution of Kevin Ferguson Jr. See uh, of Young Kimbo to see where he's going. Um, so, so Bellator does have a good crop of young guys, and obviously Michael Chandler, he's a, he's a staple, and I don't even know if Michael Chandler's going to stick around with Bellator. He's been there forever, and I'm sure would want to test his waters, uh, test the waters of the UFC, but. Michael Chandler is one of the best 155ers on the planet. Um, so they have the talent. It's just everybody tunes in for, I'm sure, what the main event was supposed to be. Roy Nelson, Roy Nelson versus Mirko Krokop. It's like, ah, right. okay, I guess that does something for some people. Um, and I like watching the old guys fight. Like, look, I'm not... I'm not against watching 40-year-olds or, or late 30s go out there and go go make a living and, and, and put on the show, but I almost feel like they should be uh, – it should be like with uh, the pay-per-view a couple weeks ago where Lyoto and Vitor are early 
and it, it continues. It, it's kind of like a, a lead into the young guys and the prime guys. That's what I would like. Um, but Michael Venom Page did not disappoint for everybody who was tuning in to see MVP. Uh, he toyed with David Rickles. David Rickles is a tough guy. Um, I almost think Rickles, his problem was he tried to toy back with Michael Venom Page too much. You know, they brought this up during the match. Uh, I think it was John McCarthy, maybe it was more Ronaldo, who said, you know, probably the best way to deal with the with the the flash and the razzle and, and all the, the toying with you is just be like Chris Weidman. Go straight forward and don't think about it and try and land your shots on it. And, and Rickles was almost trying to out-toy Michael Venom Page without having the physical tools to do it. So he was getting bombarded with straight uppercuts from these crazy angles, uh, you know, leaping Superman punches, nasty kicks, took a took a wheel kick up top of his head. And, man, you don't see this, but Michael Venom Page, he hits him with a right hand over the top, right on his orbital bone, and Rickles says, no mas. He said, no more, no more. And then, you know, he went, he took a beating for the first round really, really bad. But he took that one shot and didn't want to continue. That is, uh, and that's not something you see very often in mixed martial arts. Uh, I'm sure he'll get a lot of bleep for it. Um, but he was catching a beating. I'm, you know, I think nobody would have held it against him if he didn't come out for that second round. That's how bad it was. He was really, really getting toyed with. And, you know, this is, this is two fights, not two fights in a row. This is two out of three where uh where MVP has 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 demolished somebody's face. He has he has some special skills, man. He is fun to watch. Um you know, the last fight that he had out, I'm trying to remember who it was against. Michael Venom Page's last fight in Belton wasn't very exciting. You know, he was trying to set up a lot of stuff throughout and, and his opponent really wasn't dancing with it. He wasn't he wasn't buying into it and those opportunities never present themselves. So sometimes you get into these matches with these guys who are so much flash and can't it can be a little bit it can be a little bit bleh, you know it was against yeah fernando gonzalez i remember that fight and man just mvp gave you nothing in that one and it's really been about 18 months since he's been out now and that was a good show and it was good to see mvp back and hopefully he'll be a bit more active um obviously everybody wants to see the paul daly fight i think it'd be tremendous those guys don't like each other be huge in london um and if they can make that happen, I think that'd be a big showing. The other fight that night was Gegard Mousasi. Got a TKO win over uh, Rafael Cavallo. Uh, Mousasi won easy. He, he blew through him. So now you're looking at the UFC guys who have come over and the guys who are really contenders but not champions. And you've had Gegard, Ryan Bader, Phil Davis, Roy McDonald, Benson Henderson. Really, Benson Henderson's the only one who struggled. Everybody else is, has flourished. Rory's gotten to gold immediately. Uh, Phil got to gold immediately. Ryan Bader took gold from him. And Gegard Mousasi won the belt. So these guys who are coming over from UFC are cleaning up. They are they are not having a lot of trouble with the top guys over at, um, over at Bellator. And that is interesting they're also being put in positions quite easily it's not like they got to come over and earn the keep they're the former ufc guys um see the only guys who've really struggled like mitrione had a tough go of it early on he uh he he didn't lose but he almost lost so mitrione he's had a couple fights that have been close and and roy 
Roy's first fight, I think, was against Mitrione. So, oh, he had one other fight too, where he was doing a lot of takedown stuff. We haven't really seen that that uh, that big country right hand to put somebody out yet. But the heavyweights, the heavyweights have been a little bit closely contested, more so. And who else? Uh, I guess Ch- Chael came over and he lost to Tito. But you know, Tito, I don't, I don't really consider Tito like a pure Bellator guy. It's kind of one of the old savvy vets. So I'm talking about if you're talking about. Guys who have come over for the UFC to really take on Bellator crop, the, the Bellator crop, not like those old legends. Um, the old UFC guys are cleaning up. I don't think that's a huge surprise, but it is interesting to note. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Uh, some boxing news that have come out this week. Anthony Joshua has reportedly turned down a $50 million offer to fight Deontay Wilder in a heavyweight title unification match in Las Vegas. Uh, Joshua came out this week, and he he said that he wants to fight in the UK, that he uh, he doesn't care about the money, that he thinks that he's earned his way to have that fight over in London or Liverpool or wherever the hell they have it across the pond over there. Uh, but I was I was surprised. I thought that was going to be enough to sway it does seem though like that offer with him turning it down does seem like that offer from Deontay Wilder wasn't just smoke being blown up like they had the money and they had the backing for it to be in Las Vegas and he turned it down so that's a huge huge bummer I think they've agreed to a lot of this fight and there's even been rumors that it was going to be announced that it was going to be in November in Las Vegas but uh Joshua seems to be balking at some stuff does that a an, an attempt to up his price a little bit more who knows? I mean, look, if the money is what they offered him, that's more than he's made. Uh, surprising. I really do hope that it's next, though. I, I don't I don't want to see this get dragged along because I think those guys, I don't want them to lose their standing. I think they're a little bit mistaken to think that they've established enough of themselves to think the fans will continue to want to watch them not face each other. This isn't a case of, Pacquiao you know this always gets thrown at it oh well you know look at Pacquiao Mayweather they were able to to hold off and it was bigger than ever it's like yes but those guys were bona fide superstars by themselves and Anthony Joshua is a huge huge star in the UK I'd be curious like if you just were to throw him on a card let's just say the fight was in Brooklyn here against Jarrell Miller I think it would sell out I think the 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 venue would sell out but let's say that you had to put that fight on pay-per-view what would it do um, you know, I don't know if it would do star level. It would probably do okay. It'd probably do good. Um, but I don't think it would do, you know, upper six figures up, uh, or even cross a million. And I think that's, that is what we've come to known as like the star star level of a boxer. And so I don't know if those guys can afford to keep away from each other. Here's the thing though. I like, I think they could fight each other. And then it takes time for the rematch to happen. Like, this doesn't have to be a thing where they fight each other and then the next one's immediate and then the next one's immediate. I don't know. Like, here's here's an example. So this thing's going on right now with Gennady Golovkin and, and Canelo, where it looks like this fight's off. You know, they were going to... It seemed like after the drug testing thing went down that it was going to be Triple G versus Canelo in September. But Golden Boys come out very strong this week, and they've said that, you know what? Triple G's demands have been too high afterwards and it seems like he's scared doesn't want to fight Canelo and so they're not going to fight 
it, it looks like they're going to move on to something else. I know there's been rumors about Danny Jacobs, people moving, uh, being contacted by Golden Boy for a potential fight. I would say this. couple things. It's pretty outrageous for Canelo's people to say that Triple G is scared to fight him. Because he's the guy who got caught, if not juicing, got caught with a positive test. So I feel like that card gets played out the window. I think what Triple G is, I think he's pissed because he had a payday that was probably going to be in the realm of 12, 13 million and ended up getting a purse of less than a mil. So I'd be kind of pissed too if, let's just say at worst, Canelo didn't eat, didn't know what kind of meat he was eating. Um, uh, let's just say at best, rather at best, he didn't know what kind of meat that he was eating. At worst, was juicing out the gills to fight me in a rematch, where I thought I got hosed anyway. So, in Gennady Golovkin's side, the golden pony that is Canelo Alvarez, who is right now. If you're not going to count Floyd Mayweather, he's probably the last bona fide pay-per-view superstar there is in boxing. I feel like I've gotten hosed on the refs. I mean, got hosed by the judges. Uh, and now you've, po- you've popped for PEDs. You know, I can understand him saying, you know what, man? Bleep this. It's not like I couldn't find another fight with more time and make more money. Now I can't trust that you're going to get through a camp without popping for something because you got now we're both involved enrolled in voluntary testing who knows what dumb thing you'll do next and cost me 12 million dollars so yeah guess what i'm gonna up the ante on the demands i can totally see it from triple g's side and that's and that's why he got screwed that you know people don't realize why the the call of the draw matters so much that's why the fact that triple g doesn't have the win in his back pocket costs him in these kind of negotiations and, and causes Canelo to say, you know what? We're walking away. We'll go give we'll go give Danny Jacobs the big payday or somebody else. You know, maybe they'll make the fight with Billy Joe Saunders. Who knows? But it stinks for Triple G, who's done everything right here, everything right, that now the A side's going to come out and say, bah, he's scared. He gets fought already. What are you talking about scared? You guys see the YouTubes of the shots that Triple G just walked through? I mean, come on, man. That 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 that's 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 low rent by Golden Boy to come out with that stuff. Oh, he's scared. Scared of what? You fought. You fought and didn't test positive for steroids. What is he scared of? You're the guy who's going out there finding an Alistair Overeem cow and, and chewing at its at its udders to get juice to the gills. What the hell is Triple G scared of? He's pissed. He's pissed because you don't know what kind of meat you're putting into your body and it's causing you guys millions upon millions of dollars. Sorry if he wants a little make good on it. That was annoying. That was annoying to read this past week. Conor McGregor, speaking of big paydays, Conor McGregor has hinted that his comeback may be near. This is very exciting. Dana White, and I'm sure he'll be asked about this today at the press conferences. Uh, he was on SportsCenter, and we haven't touched on this. ESPN has swooped in, and not only do they have the digital rights of the UFC, but they have the TV rights too. This is interesting. This week, Fox came in, and they gave a boatload of cash to the WWE. They are now going to be the home of SmackDown. 
billion dollar deal. And in the midst of all this going on, ESPN swooped in because there were rumors that the Fox was going to re-up the TV rights of UFC. And UFC and ESPN said, hey, UFC, why don't we just do the whole shebang shebang together? And they did. They agreed on a, a total deal, $300 million a year, which is double what they get now for five years. So a $1.5 billion deal for 30 events. And ESPN is going to be the new home of UFC. I think it's cool. I think it's cool the UFC has that platform. Um, people bust on Fox Sports 1 a lot. I, I I thought Fox Sports did a fine job covering the sport. The UFC tonight was a fine enough show. Uh, the pre-post coverage was good. But it is Fox Sports 1. It is it is the, the B-level sports channel. And not as many people just regularly tune into it. You know, you go to bars and they all have ESPN on. Everybody does. Uh, people just don't even think of it. I always find this silly because I'm in sports. I'm in sports media. And they think, oh, Fox Sports 1, uh, it's so hard to find. It's like it's seven channels up from ESPN. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But you'd be surprised because who goes to sports bars down here, right? And you'll go to sports bars and they won't have Heat game on. He have the Heat game on or the Marlins game on. And you're like, hey, hey, where's the Heat game? Where's the Marlins? Oh, oh, what channel is it? What channel is it? It's, it's the same channel that all the Heat games are on, you dummy. What do you mean, what channel is it on? It's like, oh, is it on ESPN? So you got some Yahoo sitting here with an apron on with their, with their seven remotes trying to figure out what channel something's on because all they ever have it on is ESPN. So you walk into a sports bar, you think, all right, you know what? Going to enjoy some jalapeno poppers and some cheese sticks, maybe some wings, maybe some lobster biscuit if I'm feeling frisky. And all they got on is ESPN. It's like, if you tell them it's another channel but ESPN, it's like you're talking to an alien. So that's why it's huge for UFC. Because a lot of places just don't even think to go to Fox. They're like, oh, I thought ESPN was the only channel. What? How is that possible? How is that possible? But it's true. You go to places, I'll go to places, and I'll walk in, and you got bowling on because that's what's on ESPN. Is anybody there watching? Nope. Is there other? I went to places yesterday. I was and uh, was watching watching some uh, some soccer, soccer all over the place. But you want to know what's on other TVs? Bowling. Why? Because it's ESPN. Like it, it's just there. Oh, it's ESPN. Like, what else should we put on? Should we, I got to go search for sports? No. So that's why I think it's big for ESP for for UFC. Just the fact that you have that staple brand there, and it's lazy. People just go to ESPN by default. And I think that I think it's a big believe it or not, I think just having that that institution of those four letters is big. The platform is big. And now UFC is there, and I think that's kind of cool. That's cool for fight fans. You'll get uh I think you'll get more coverage. I think you probably tune into ESPN more regularly than Fox Sports One. Um, because Fox Sports is pretty much all debate. Not that they're not fantastic. I love me some uh Is it Undisputed? Is that what it's called with Skip Bayless? I love me some Skip Bayless. I'll tune into some Skip. And some Shannon Sharp wearing a goat hat and some Joy Taylor. Um, I don't watch that first things first with uh, Nick Wright and Chris Carter. I think that's a weird that's a weird one for me. And I definitely have never tuned into Colin Cowherd and Jason Whitlock. But that's what their show is. It's all debate. Now you can do something in a little bit more interview formats, uh, some coverage that way. But um, I think it's a big deal for the UFC to be on ESPN. I think it's a big help for them to build up their brand and to help them with certain things. I really, really do. Anyway, rounding back to Conor McGregor, because I completely got off on a tangent there. 
he hinted to a UFC return where he tweeted, see you soon. And Dana White said on SportsCenter that he's meeting with Conor this week. Obviously, he has a hearing coming up, I think, in about three weeks to talk about the Dolly incident. It's really, really been muttered by the UFC of any kind of punishment they're going to dole out. It seems like they're just letting this thing play out legally, and that's what Conor's going to face. And I'm not going to be surprised if we're going to see Conor this fall or winter against Khabib for the title. That will get a Conor return. And they can figure this thing out. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, we can see the notorious one back in the octagon where he belongs because it's been too long, man. It's been too long. That's what that's what made him his fame. That's what uh, that's what everybody's drawn to watching. They want to see Conor McGregor in an octagon against prime UFC competition. They don't want to see the, uh, the circus show. I wanted to see it. It was fun. It was fun being out in Vegas with the hooligans. It was fun having all the debate, the cross-sport debate. That was uh, what happens if you put an elite UFC striker in a boxing match with one of the all-time greats. It was cool fodder for the fight fan to talk about. I thought it gave both sides an opportunity to talk about their sports and the crossover and the differences, and then we got to see the differences of what an all-time great boxer does against a guy who is an all-time great UFC striker, but isn't that good with his as good with his hands as you think he is it was fascinating but now it's time to get back to normal get back to normal let's get a monster ufc going with conor mcgregor versus khabib Nurmagomedov, or if he gets healthy enough against tony ferguson whatever it may be one of those all-time best at 155 that's what we need to see that'll be fantastic and we'll talk to you guys next week see ya <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.